welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good evening, everyone. We are back again live. It's August the 9th, 2017, and I'm so glad you tuned into the Change Book Radio Show. It's still sunny here in Canada. We're, we're feeling some autumn, autumn-ish weather that I'm not really ready for, but it's still very, very beautiful. I want to do something new this week on the, on the Change Book Radio Show in that I want to give a couple shout-outs to some of the co-authors in our amazing global community that are just continuing to trailblaze and just really bring out some inner grit. And I want to give kudos to Rich Perry and Lawrence Pipkin out of Book 5. They are my Book 5 buddies. And they have just really taken their brand and they're flying all over the, the U.S. and they're doing amazing interviews on television and webinars and their coaching programs are taking off. And I just really want to give a shout out to them because I, I met Lawrence two years ago in California and Rich and I have never physically met. And just the relationships that are built within our community, I think are, are second to none and virtually priceless to me. So I just want to say congrats to them for what they're doing. I know Sherry Brantley is helping a lot of people get their books published. And I know that that has really taken off for her. And I just want to give a shout out also to the co-authors all over the globe because we are now on book 14 and that could be finished. We may even be on book 15. I have to check in with Jim and Jim and 26 countries to say that you are aligned with coaches and speakers and authors in 26 countries. To me, that's an honor and a privilege. So tonight, I'm excited because we have a dynamic and beautiful lady out of book 13. And I just love her name. And I I can't wait to talk to her about the meaning of her name and the origin of her name. And it's Midori Verity. And I, I hope I phonetically said that right. But let me tell you a little bit about her. She is considered by many to be the top expert for virtual marriage coaching. She helps couples quit the screaming and start the thriving. She is the best-selling author of Secrets to a Kick-Ass Marriage, and she also has her own show called The Kick-Ass Relationship Show. Me, Dory, and her husband have been happily married together for almost 30 years. She has a degree in communications and sociology from the University of California, And she's honored to be on the Professional Advisory Board for Parents as Partners, the Autism Education and Change Network. She's also proud to be the Relationship Advisor for the Global Organization Women Network. And she's been featured on Fox News, CBS San Francisco, Prevention Magazine, and many other media outlets. And for the next hour, we have her all to ourselves. So welcome me, Dory, to the Changebook Radio Show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, I love gregarious, outgoing, passionate 
women, for which I consider you to be one. And I love hosting you because you do this quite frequently on your show. So it's a treat for me to let me pass the mic and put you to work tonight. How does that sound? You know, I like it. I like, it's nice to be on the other side for a change. Well, and, and I have to do a disclaimer to Alan Witch in book seven because I shared with you that our interview was just going to be like two girls having a glass of wine. So I know you poured your Sauvignon Blanc and I poured my Pinot Grigio. So I just want Alan to know that I'm still going to drink Melbeck with him when I'm on the phone with him. So now that I've got all my housekeeping, are you ready to dive into this interview? I like your dedication, and absolutely, I'm so ready. So I, I hear, I ask this only, I ask this same question every week because I always get a different answer. How were you contacted, or how did you liaise with Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, and what was your factor in determining to join this amazing global community? I actually was introduced to it from a guest I had on my show, Jackie Oliver. I'm, of course, a relationship coach, and she talks about sexual dysfunction. So she was on my show, and we connected, and she said, you know, Midori, you need to be part of this book. And she gave me all the reasons why. And what she said that stuck out to me was the amazing relationships that she had developed and with these go-getters, and I'm all about that. I'm in a number of different organizations, but some are better than others, and some have people who are really, you know, just driving in life, and they're excited, and they're making things happen, and they're making a difference, and that's what I continually saw with what she was saying, and then also the people that I, you know, I kind of checked out I noticed that and so I thought absolutely I want to be a part of this and it's been incredible well and I agree with you and you know I've been involved since 2015 I was in book five and I went to California and met Jim and Jim and I met almost a hundred of the co-authors at that time and I think much like relationships and marriage and what I want to talk to you about is it's all about our mindset and what we really choose to think about something we're either going to become part of or choose not to be part of. And I think I apply that in all aspects of my life. And I'm assuming that you do the same. And I read your chapter with great interest. And I, I just want you to talk a little bit about mindset, just more so for yourself, keeping your balance between being that virtual marriage coach and being that wife and being that mom, how, how are you able to keep that going? Because you're, you're coming up on 30 years. So what is your tips and techniques and tricks? And all that stuff. Well, let me back up just a little bit into the mindset. So, you know, my husband, if, if you do the math, <laughs> my husband and I've been together for a long, long time. We were 18 when we first met and We've owned a business together for 25 years, had two kids, just done a lot. And we kind of grew up together, really. And what happened was when I turned 40, I had a midlife crisis. And, you know, I just really hated where I was. I felt so stuck. I didn't know what to do. When we come to mindset, my mindset was very negative and very, the glass is half full. That is where I was at that time. And, 
I didn't know what to do. I I went through this kind of depression for about six months, and finally I just truly got sick of myself. I couldn't take it anymore. I was just so tired of being depressed. And so I dug myself out and, and decided, you know, it's time for me to really figure out what the heck's going on with me and make some big changes and figure out some way to change and get control back because I felt like I had no control and no hope. And I mean, just everything was bad at that moment. So I went through a lot of self-development, but to make a long story short, I ended up meeting a gentleman at a convention that I was invited to, and his name was Doug Bench, and he introduced me to the concept of neuroplasticity and brain science. And that was my introduction to mindset and really understanding the power that we have and how we can change those recordings that we have in our mind that aren't serving us anymore and the power of positive thinking and positive affirmations and just everything. It, was, it just blew my mind. So when I got back from that convention, which was in Florida, and I came back home to California, I bought his book right away, and I just started delving in and started just reading everything I could and watching, watching um, videos and listening to podcasts and, and just becoming kind of a super geek in brain science because I started to notice I was changing, and I was happier, and things that I didn't think were possible started happening, and I couldn't believe it. And, and now it's been, you know, it's been years since I started that, but my God, the power of our mind, the power of setting the intention that you want and learning the tools to do it. It's not hard, but it changes everything, and so that's where the mindset part came in. So getting back to our relationship, you asked me, Deb, how, how have you and your husband stayed together? So I can't be responsible for his mindset, but I can be responsible for myself. And so that's where it started. Is I started, instead of pointing fingers at everyone else and saying that the reasons why things weren't successful in my life was because of him and this and that and the other thing, I started pointing them at myself. And then the great thing about that is I realized, oh, oh, I have to take responsibility, and I have the power to change this. So that's where I really delved in and started concentrating on me and how I responded to things. And the beautiful part of that is we started getting along better, and things started falling into place. So that's really kind of the baseline of all of it was my mindset and and focusing on me and changing what I was doing. Well, I agree with you, and my husband has a saying that I love, and it doesn't matter if you're dating, you're engaged, you're married. A relationship is a two-way street, and and I love that you said, you know, you're not in charge of his mindset. You're only in charge of yours, so to see that you dug deep to realize, and you say in your, your chapter that you, you literally got sick of yourself, sometimes it's the smallest shift. And for me, my maintenance has been gratitude. So I start my day with gratitude. I end my day with gratitude. But I also set out again, and you talk about this in your chapter, daily affirmations, because my background is medical case management. And my specialty was neuroscience. So this is it's just intriguing that every week, there's always an interlink with the co authors. And when you can have that cognitive, emotional mindset, 
to be and do what you're thinking and, and visualize that and set your day out and set the foundation and the tone for your day. And then at the end of the day, you review it with gratitude and see that you brought it to fruition. It's not rocket science, but so many people struggle. So where I, where I'm going with this is, and, and again, I know you can't for confidentiality, but can you give us an overview of a consistent repetitive difficulty that you see amongst couples when you're doing your virtual marriage coaching? Yeah, what I see often, because most of the couples that I work with have been together for a while, and they're at a stage in the relationship where they have become disconnected um, for various reasons. It may be that there's been a lot of resentment that it's built up, or it could be that they have they have just totally kind of developed different lights. So what I do is I help them kind of connect again and find their common interests and push them outside of their comfort zones to start enjoying each other again and and discovering what those mindsets are that they have playing in the background and changing it to become more positive and work it. You know, you brought up gratitude, attitude, and that's huge, simple things. All of it's simple. Everything that I teach, everything that I work with the couples on is simple. But what happens when you're together with the same person for a long time is we forget to focus on those simple things and those everyday things. And so I bring them back to starting that foundation again. Well, and I agree with you. Um, And people will say, oh, that's common sense or, oh, that's simple but there's the reservation or the lack of implementation. And that is such a hurdle for people. And I'll share with you, I was the last of my group of girlfriends to get married and I was married uh, at 27. And, and I don't know if it's generational for those of us born in the sixties, but a lot of my, my girlfriends were married right out of high school or while they were going to university And I just had a strong core belief that I wanted to be able to stand on my own two feet, come into the best version of myself in that mid-20s. I started my company at 24. And I just wanted to have that ease of stability of being my own person. And I didn't want to be married because I had to be married. I wanted to be married because I love and chose someone and someone chose and loved me. And interestingly enough, I'm the last one left married out of all my friends. Isn't that interesting? So you already knew who you were, sounds like, or you had a better understanding of who you were and what you wanted before you got married. So I love that. And it's nice when that works out. And and I love that you were so authentic and, and real and raw in your chapter because just talk to us a little bit about you know, you hit 40 and you talk about waking up the morning of your birthday and and what your day was going to look like. And it was the opposite for you. So do you think 40 is a pivotal age where women reflect and think like, what the hell, like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And that leads to this midlife shift or pivot that you refer to in your chapter? I think, you know, right around that age, it's, and it's for men and women. I see it a lot in my clients. 
Um, you know, men sometimes react differently than I did, but it's so common because regardless of when you got married, regardless of what the situation was when you got married, we change over time. And often what happens is one person changes and the other one maybe is holding on to the past for a while longer and or they're not dealing well with your change. And so, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see how relationships have those ebb and flows and helping couples come together and and stay, you know, find that connection again and being okay with one person changing and the other person maybe not ready to yet. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And just being in the know that it's okay if they're not ready. And again, it's it goes back to simplicity doesn't equal implementation. And it I just it, it, it just it, it rivets me to my core that people struggle with common sense elements. They know what to do. But if that cognitive emotional base is not in sequence, and, and I know that you know what I'm speaking about when I say it in that context, how could they move forward? Right. And, you know, bottom line is we're all human. And, and unfortunately with being – well. Fortunately and unfortunately with being human is we have just these natural tendencies that happen. And so if we are not focusing on the day-to-day and staying connected and, and you know, trying to stay as positive as we can and staying connected in our relationship, then often resentment builds up because we don't say what we're feeling. We don't deal with problems. We just put them on the back burner and think, oh, I'll, do it, I'll deal with it later. Or sometimes it gets to the point, I have people who come to me, clients who come to me, and they're afraid to say anything to each other because they feel like if they open their mouth, they're gonna, it's gonna, the only thing that it can lead to is divorce. So I hear that too. And so part of it is being human. And so the other good part, the flip side of being human, is that we do have the cognitive ability and intelligence to change it and to take charge of our lives and to take charge of how we deal with things and to pivot and change and become that more powerful, positive person and to help our relationships. And again, marriage, personal work, I mean, I think that's just such a great statement, what you just said, regardless of what the relationship may be. Now, I need to ask about your name because I have to tell you, I have drank the liqueur, Midori, (laughs) and green and lovely, and I actually had it in Australia of all places, and I know it's, I believe it's from Japan, and I just would love to know... um, the history of your name and do you have um, Japanese roots in your family? Mm-hmm. Well, so I was born before the cocktail came out. So that's the good news is I was not named after the cocktail, after that liqueur, but Midori, it, it is a Japanese name. And if you're familiar for the listeners, if you're familiar with the alcohol, it's green and that's what it means. It means green and my mom is Japanese well she's passed away but she was Japanese but my dad is this tall six foot three bald super white guy but he chose the name he liked the name and so even though he's not Japanese that's the name he picked and 
that's how it came about. Well, it's such a lovely name, and it's a different name, and I think it suits you. And is your what uh, culture or descent is your dad? Uh, we're not totally sure. We believe that he's part Italian and part French. Because when I when I look at all of your beautiful pictures that you have on um, all of your PR, your your website, and your show. I can I can see I can see the Asian descent, but I almost I almost wondered if there was European there, so I wasn't too far off my guess. Well, what's interesting, you're correct, um, but I was adopted, and so I'm actually Filipino. I I, I did my um, my DNA through I think yeah ancestry DNA. And it came back that I am only four, 30 or 40% Filipino, and I have a huge European influence. So that's what you're seeing. Well, not too far off the mark. I, now, that, now that you say it, I can see Filipino as well. I think it's the hair. It's the sexy hair the and hair. the fair skin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I can't believe it's August. I, I've said this all week. I just, I really don't know where June and July went. So I would love for you to let us know what's on your plate for the rest of this year and, and what are you doing next year? Are you speaking? Are you working on any other publications? Give us a little, give us a little insight into your world and what's coming up over the next, uh, let's say, six to 12 months. Okay. Well, right now I am. I just got certified in something called DISC, D-I-S-C, and it's a behavioral um, psychology assessment. It's it's phenomenal, and I use it with my clients now. I love it because it's so darn accurate, and it's very simple, quick assessment. But it comes back and it shows you your blind spots. It shows you how you respond in stressful situations. But the best part about it is that it shows how others, it teaches people how others behave too because there's different personality types. So if you're in a relationship, it shows you how to communicate better and how to understand your partner better and how to approach them more successfully. And so it's been a huge needle turner. But what I'm doing with that is, one, I'm implementing it for all of my clients. That's, that's where we start. That's the foundation for everything. But I'm going into corporations now and helping helping their employees and their their upper management to take these assessments so that they can understand their coworkers and maybe if they're salespeople who their customers to be more su- successful. But bottom line is it also will help them in their home relationships. So I love it because now I can reach more people and have more of an impact, and it just helps everyone understand relationships in a different way, and it makes it so simple and clear that I can see someone across the room and I know how to talk to them. And I know that they will, I can get across to them better than I used to, and that they, some people I won't repel like I used to, and others I know, you know, how to speak their language better. And it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how it changes the whole game. It is a so, great... So you asked me everything, but that's, so it's the disc. I'm, I'm yeah. really focusing on that. 
And then the other part of what I'm focusing on, and I've cut out a lot that I was doing before, and now I'm just focusing on my shows. So the Kick-Ass Relationship show right now, it is a syndicated radio show. It is going to be moving over to a TV channel. Um, And then there is some collaboration going on with another another change author and um we are we haven't solidified everything yet but it's kind of exciting but that will be a tv show as well so that that is the direction that i'm going so are you moving your um relationship show from radio to tv i am yeah i've always loved video yeah i've always loved video and here's this is interesting i went to a seminar uh, yesterday in San Francisco, and it was Dan Sullivan. I'm sure some of your listeners know who he is, but he is just this guru coach up there with with Jim Britt. And um, his whole thing was, you need to take tons of things off your plate and really free yourself up so that you have so you're only focusing on the most important things and things that bring you joy. And then finding people or others that can help you do the other parts of your business and the other parts of your life that don't, that you're not, that's not your zone of genius. You're not as strong there. And having way more free time so you can be more creative, so you can enjoy life more, so you can celebrate your relationships and design your life the way that you want it to be. And so I took that to heart. I believe, I absolutely agree with him. And so that's why I've cut out a lot of it, and I'm really doing a diligent job right now of getting people involved with my company to take over large parts of it and just getting rid of the things that don't serve me as well and focusing in on what I'm good at. And so that is the direction that I'm going in the next in the next six months to a year. So you are relinquishing control and delegating. I am. I'm a, yeah. It's more, hard. It's hard it. to do that. It's cuz it's your baby. It's my baby and and you know so many of us feel like we need to have our fingers in so many things to make it turn out I mean especially if you're like me and you you're kind of a control freak a little bit. <laughs> so it's it's it is hard to 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 release some of that, but you have to trust and you have to hire slowly and fire fast in a in a kind way. Um, and that's what I found, and that's that seems to be working right now. And it's the way that I I suggest to my clients too. I you know I, I it's, it's easy for us to say what we know is right, but to to live it sometimes is difficult too. And so now I'm really becoming much more diligent about that and taking stuff off my plate. Well, and it's it's part of the growth cycle, isn't it? It is. We're all we're all a work in progress in some way. So I agree. Oh, absolutely. Now I know um, when I was reviewing your website, um, you have a questionnaire that pops up with some interesting questions. Tell us about the development of that and what you're able to do with those questions. I know now that you've got the DISC personality screening tool, but before you implemented that. How did you derive these questions, and what's the premise of how you've asked them and that there's only a few of them? So the the questionnaire, that you're, the survey that you're talking about, is very short because so many people are so busy 
the beauty of it is what I have done is I've created buckets. And, I, you know, I have – I deal with a ton of different clients and different issues that come up. But when I really segment them, I can see that there are similarities between them. And so I've broken them up into four main, main buckets, as I call them, of the biggest problems that clients come to me with. And so when they take this short six-question assessment, it, it points out what it is very quickly, and then it gives them, you know, they watch a video, and there should be a blog post. I'm making, I need to go back and make sure everything's working correctly. It might not be right now, but um, a blog post that goes over exactly what they were talking about, what, the, what they were showing is their biggest concern in their relationship. The beauty of that is for some people it's enough. That's exactly what they need, and that just kind of helps them create more clarity and they know what to do. For others, they want to take it further. And so they will they'll schedule a strategy session with me, and we have the assessment. I have them do another one that goes a little bit deeper, but then we hop on a strategy call, and I know exactly what the issue is and how to direct them. So it's very focused, and it's tailored to their individual needs. So it's awesome, and we can deal with things right away. And so that's really what that's all about is just making things simple, which is my motto, keep it simple, and, and helping people as quickly as I can to, to make some pivots and some changes in their lives. Well, that sounds like an ultimate plan, and I I think I love doing the radio show, but I think TV is is so much more personal, and because you're seeing each other, you're also going to be able to pick up on all that nonverbal cue and expression. How do you think that's going to make you a better coach and a better interviewer? Oh, I've been doing video for a while, and I switched over to the radio just because I was so busy. And the, and the videos do take longer. There's editing, there's other things going on there, but now I'm at a point where I can hire a team to help with that. Um, but I, you hit it. You, you nailed it in that all my coaching I do on video or in person, but most of it's on video, video, you know, a, a video conference call, because I can understand their nonverbal clues cues and I can see their face and I can see their shoulders and I can see the way that they might look at their partner and and if there seems to be some tension going on I can see it all and and they can see me so they can see that I'm genuine when I'm talking to them and I really care um so for me video is 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 huge and and also it's nice because you can't focus on other things. It's not like people come into an office and we're talking. When you're on video, that's all that you see. And so you're, for me, I notice that I'm really connected on video. And it's the same thing when I'm doing interviews is that it's more fun. I, I really enjoy it. I like talking to people on videos because you can be goofier and you can, can kind of joke around and people understand it better when, it, when, it's, when they can see it. Uh, but yeah, I just I really love love video. I think it's just a lot of fun and and it helps me to connect with my audience better. Well, I agree with you and if we were on video right now, we could be cheersing each other. Well, that's what I was thinking in the beginning. I mean, imagine how much more fun that <laughs> would be. We'll have to do it they again. Didn't, 
I know they didn't hear us pouring the wine. So you know what? When you when you switch over to TV, I'm happy to be a future guest, and and we'll reinvent this and do it a second time. How's that? We'll do that. That'll be part of it. Absolutely. We'll kind of call it the wine hour. And I'll I'll pass the mic to you that night and put you to work. Deal. That sounds awesome. Now I I honor women every month, and I I love to honor women. Uh, a different woman every month and I've been doing it since 2013 for mom of the month and I have some fun questions and uh, some weeks I just feel that it's such a fun thing to do with my guests and depending on who it is so you you've uh, been selected and I'm going to ask you questions and you're not allowed to think it's just I I want that first uh, frontal lobe uh, fear or flight response whatever it's going to be and it's just a, it's just a fun thing, and it's um, especially when I'm doing a virtual marriage coach. So I, I think you and I are going to have some fun. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Energetic. I would agree with that. And you are a mom to two sons, correct? Correct. And what one characteristic would you say makes you a different mom? What one characteristic? Crazy. Crazy. Uh-huh. Now, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a sec. Cause, cause <laughs> okay. When I ask moms about this, I always say to them, I preface it and say, this is not an ego-based question. This is just you looking inward, self-reflecting, and, and what are the qualities, like if I asked your son, you know, how would you describe your mom? Crazy meaning go with the flow, ebb and flow with life, or just, you know, you can be thrown anything and there's always resolution. How would you frame that you're a crazy mom? I, yeah, I would say that I'm all about fun. And so the crazier that, well, not, I'm not, I'm all about fun, but I'm not willing to jump off a, a ledge, but I am willing to, you know, play with the kids. If they want to go TP a house, I'm there with them. I'm going to support them like that. What I have found, you know, when I when I, I always knew I was going to have girls, and then when I got pregnant, <laughs> I had two boys. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know what life's going to throw you. But I love them. I have so much fun with them. And one thing that I learned early on is that, if you're having fun with your family, if you make that a huge part of what you're doing in your in your life, everything falls into place. They're going to enjoy being with you. You're going to be happier. Things aren't taken as seriously, and and it's worked. I you know both my kids now are are in, well. One's about to graduate college. One's about to go to college. Um, but that just that simple idea of having fun and going with the flow has worked. And so when I say crazy, I mean that, I don't know, I just, I don't get, I see some parents who get really upset over things and I just don't. I laugh at a lot when they tease each other. I think it's funny when they are wrestling with each other and maybe being a little too rough. I still think that's funny as long as they're not hurting each other's feelings. And that's, that's what I mean by crazy. I'm, I'm willing to go, go there with them and, and just have a lot of fun. Well, and I think when we role model that behavior and that passion to be a parent 
and show that they are our priority regardless of their age. I, I agree with you. I, my girl, I have two girls, 19 and 21, and I think at every age they need us, but I think that this is that, that pre-college, college, and even after college, I think that's the most pivotal age where we do what I call premier parenting. Um, they don't have the dependency on us for safety and, and, you know, activities of daily living and all the things that they need in that context, but they need us much more on a cognitive emotional level because they're just trying to figure life out and it's a difficult time. I I've been surprised at how much they really do, you know, without them saying it and they would be fine without it, but they need that guidance is what I feel in that it is super scary and I do feel that there's a lot of pressure on the kids at this point you know in in high school they're expected to know what they want to do with the rest of their life and in college they're expected to go out there and make it all happen and and live big and get it right and know what they want to do for the rest of their lives and it's a lot it's a lot to take on because I honestly don't know a lot of young people including myself who knew exactly what they wanted to do. And we are all just kind of figuring it out along the way. But then the comparing to others and um, just the fear that's, that's involved with it. So it's been such a joy for me to be, that they even just still come to me and ask me questions. And I can tell when they're asking me these questions, they really want to know the answer and they're very interested in it. So it's been kind of interesting because you don't want to tell them, well, this, you know, even though you feel that you know the answer, <laughs> I try not to invoke too much of my, um, my thoughts on them and, and, and let them make their choices. But, but I love this stage. It's exciting to me, to me to see them open up their wings and start to fly, but, but also knowing that they do want mom still, and they want some of that guidance and some of that clarity, and it's, it's just a great time. No, Although I agree I with you. All, I, I do want them all to move back in <laughs> secretly, well, but don't I tell still, them. I still have my girls at home, and I have a lot of uh, my friends say, you're so lucky. Like, they still want to hang out with you. And yeah. I think it's, it's everything you've just talked about. Um, when you make a concerted effort to be there and listen and answer their questions, but also on the same token – there's nights where my cup is empty and I'm okay to tell them that and say, I can't have that big conversation tonight because they need to see the realness as role models, as their parents, as an adult, that there's just some days where the cup is full. You can't put any more in and extend that with self-care, self-love. It's very important. And, and they see me, your, your passion for marriage coaching is like my passion for work-life balance. And I think you have to authentically practice what you preach. And, right. you know, we had a long weekend last weekend, and I was signed off for the long weekend. I didn't care if I saw a text message, a cell phone. I can unplug without any difficulty because I don't have that communication dependency. And for those people that, you know, follow me and see the work that I do, you have to be authentic in your practice or... I think eventually your um, non-authenticity shows, and, and that's really important to me. And, and much like you in a 30-year marriage, 
you are an expert because not because you have the schooling and the experience, but because you're in a vibrant marriage, but you're also not afraid to say, hey, it's been a bumpy road, but we're still navigating. That to me is what people want. They want the realness, the relatability. Agreed. Yeah, and I and I make no hesitation in saying that we still have our challenges. But the one thing that I can say in those challenges is that we get through them quicker. And we know in the end that we're we're going to figure it out. And so coming back to the mindset that we talked about in the very beginning of this conversation, because of all the work that I've done in you know, in neuroplasticity and in brain, I've, I've changed the way that I approach life and what's really important to me and seeing it from a different view. So those, those factors have become my fundament, fundamentally who I am. So I don't take things too seriously, and I know that we're going to work it out. And I always try to look at things from a big-picture standpoint. And when you can come approach life, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's with your kids, whether it's in making big fat decisions in your life, when you come to it from that standpoint, things fall into place much smoother. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, I volunteer at hospice, so nobody gets that statement more than than me. I mean, you have to really evaluate how much emotional energy, time, and effort you're going to put into making that decision. And I love what you said, because I can concur, you know, I'm 24 years married next month. There's no smooth road for that length of time. And like you said, you've grown up with your husband, I've grown up with my husband. So to be in our 50s and be together since our 20s, that's like three decades. And you're a different person every decade. And it's, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. And it's going back to what you said at the beginning of the interview. You got to ebb and flow. And you got to know when, when the right time is to talk and when the right time is to be silent. And, and respect those boundaries of your partner and know but have the communication to be able to say, I do want to have that talk with you. I just can't do it right now. And again, communication is a two-way street. And you'll never go wrong if you always keep that in your mindset. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, it's sometimes in relations, I, I find it in most relationships, at some point you need to bring in someone who can help guide you a little bit. You know, maybe it's just like a, a quick strategy session or taking a, a free quiz, but whatever it is, but just a little bit of guidance to get you back on that road because sometimes we keep waiting and waiting and waiting. Do you many couples I've had come to me and say, or how many individuals I've had come to me and say, gosh, if I had known you when I was married, I'd still be married. I hear that every week. I hear it all the time. So it's important to take a a realistic look at your relationship and when you need some help and and the family or your friends aren't quite doing it for you, go get some help. Whether it's with, you know, me or reading or, you know, delving into something else, whether you know, if you need a psychologist or whatever, but but be okay with that because it's okay. It's okay to go get help and often we just need some tools on how to approach our relationships differently to get us on the right path and to enjoy, actually enjoy being with one another once again. 
I, so I that's agree. my message to everyone. <laughs> we no, all sometimes a, need a, a great little message. help. And it comes from your zone of genius. So on that note, what would the 48-year-old me, Dory, say to the 18-year-old me, Dory, today? Oh, gosh. I would say stop worrying so much. It's all going to be okay. Stay focused on the positive. Stick, make decisions based on what's intrinsically important to you. Know, find out what your why is, that thing that makes you tick, that thing that makes your heart sing. And as long as you stay true to that, you're going to make the right decision. And that's what I would say. Well, that sounds very wise. What I'm going to ask you um, just some quick little fun uh, questions. What makes you laugh out loud? Oh, gosh, I love laughing out loud. <laughs> my, you know, I have to say all my close friends, we – we have a great time together. So they just, they do funny things and they say funny things and we're not, we don't take each other seriously and um, and we may say things that are not appropriate, but we makes us laugh. And so I would say my friends make me laugh and my husband makes me laugh. And um, I don't know, I, I maybe I laugh more than, than some, but I find joy in life and I and I think so many things, are funny. So I, I can't say it's just one thing. I don't choose to go to a comedy show because, quite frankly, I don't love comedy shows. I find just life is funnier. So there's a lot that makes me laugh. Well, that's good. Laughter is the best medicine. What What makes you excited? Doing new things and seeing seeing progress. So when I'm working with my clients and I see them have little breakthroughs, and where they come to me and, and tell me, oh, my gosh, I like my, I like my husband again, or we're doing this now, or you know, just seeing them light up, there's nothing better than that. So when I say, you know, when, you're, when we talked about my eight, what I'd say to my 18-year-old self, know your why, what makes you tick, what makes you feel good. Everyone has a special why, and I'll tell you this, it's, your why is never about money. It's never, when you really look at it, it's never about finances. It's, there's something deeper there, and once you find it, it brings so much joy to your life. And so for me, luckily, my midlife crisis helped me figure out my why. And so working with couples, when they come to me and they have a breakthrough or they start just being happier and understanding how to change their mindset, that's freaking awesome. There's nothing better than that to me and seeing that their kids are happier, but yeah, so that that's what I would say. You asked me what was the question? It was about what makes me happy, excited, excited. Okay, so that that makes me excited. Um, doing new things with my husband, like exploring things that we've never done before, going to new new places and trying new things. That makes me excited. Just just pushing my pushing ourselves a little bit out of our comfort zone. I thoroughly enjoy doing that, and it brings that. It helps release those endorphins in my mind. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cortisol reduction with any type of activity is highly recommended. Yep. What is yes. your favorite self-care activity? Meditation. I've really mm-hmm. learned to, to get into that in the last year. So you meditate yeah. as well? 
every day and I'm just I'm just in the midst of doing my 200 hour yoga teacher training oh that's big that's exciting yeah I um I'm a fitness I'm a fitness junkie that's good you'll live forever I'll live forever and um (laughs) you have to have a favorite quote and if you had to pick one which which one is it and and why Oh, my gosh, I have so many quotes. And here's my thing is that I'm notoriously terrible at remembering the exact quote. But let me let me just think for a second. Um, there's there are quite a few. Um, there's one that I read the other day, and I don't know if it's my favorite quote. But I do think that it is very fitting um, for for life, and it talks about rejection and being okay with. I don't want to say it because I don't want to screw it up. So just bear with me for a second, and I'm going to try to bring it up. But basically, it talks about. Oh, so here it is. If you're not receiving rejections, you aren't reaching high enough. And what that says to me is that there's so much more to that in that push yourself out of your comfort zone. Be okay with it. Be able to look back on your life and say, yeah, I did it. I, I went after those things, and my life is so much more fulfilling and exciting, and I, I'm happy with what I left out there in the world. And when we get over that fear of hearing no, my God, you can do anything. And I think that's such a powerful statement for everyone. Oh, I agree with you. And I I have felt a, a strong presence of you since you came into the community of the Change Book series. And I I was and I remain to be a faithful, I don't want to say fan because that's not the, the right word, observer of Mother Teresa. And I have a beautiful painting of her in the hallway of my house Um, leaning over in Calcutta, helping some children. And when I was preparing for our interview today, I thought, you know, I just really feel a beautiful, soft energy um, with you and and what you're doing in the community and your happiness shines in our community. And I felt that before we even chatted tonight. So I wanted to share with you a quote that I think is fitting from Mother Teresa that I think from the little bit that I knew about you and the little bit more that I've learned in the last hour, and it is spread love everywhere you go and let no one ever come to you without leaving happier. And to me, that is kind of the the branding and feelings that you exude in the work that you do. And I'm just really honored that I interviewed you tonight and I, I feel privileged to be aligned with you in this global community. And I just, I really want to wish you the best in, in the work that you're doing because I, I think it's a global community. We are going to continue to have, that ripple effect and shift a paradigm and have more positive thinkers out there. And I just, I just really commend and, and want you to know as a fellow co-author that uh, I'm just, I'm happy to know you. And I just think you're doing some really solid, great work and kudos to you. Oh my gosh. That was 
that was so kind of you to say, and I absolutely appreciate that. That was just such a sweet thing to say. And, and I, I would hope that I put out, you know, what, I love the quote by Mother Teresa, what you just said, and that is my intention when I go out is to, you know, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. So if you can smile at them or say something positive to them and make them a little happier, it passes on. It's contagious. And I hope everyone tries to do that every day. And I think it makes you, I think as an individual, it makes you more joyous and happy. And it's a win-win, right? Oh, it is. And I, you know, I grew up with an Irish Nana who taught me from a very young age some really good, solid life lessons and to always be kind and to always be humble and to just appreciate the little things in life, which you talked about before. And I have honed and enjoy listening to people, which is why I embrace and love this radio show because every week I travel somewhere different and interview someone else who's doing something magnificent. And I leave with nuggets of information and just joy from the communication. But I love listening to the work that you're doing and how happy you are doing it. And to me, that's, that's winning at life. Well, I appreciate it, and I feel the same about you. You're doing amazing things as well, and it's been such a joy to, to talk to you about all this stuff, and it's always, it's always fun sharing you know, tips that help, help, hopefully help others and um, make life a little bit better. Absolutely. So I look forward to the day when we, when we meet in person, and I look forward to seeing you on TV. And, again, I, I hope our paths cross. And thank you for spending the last hour with me. It's been a joy. Absolutely. I know that our paths will cross sooner probably rather than later. And thank you so much for having me on your show. It's my pleasure. It's our show. It's the Change Book Radio Show. It belongs to all of us. (laughs) And happy to be on this platform with you and just keep being that gregarious, awesome person that you are and keep doing the great work. And and I think you're going to probably help save many, many more marriages out there. So good luck to all the couples who are fortunate enough to have you cross their path. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And that, that is the, that's the plan. That's the plan out there. Well, you just keep it up. So thanks for spending time with me and enjoy the rest of your day. All right, Deb. Cheers. Cheers. Just another amazing interview with Nidori from California. I I love her energy and I love that she is just so quick to answer her questions and just knows who she is, what she wants, but has that authenticity to be real and say, you know, the truth is it's been a bumpy road. And to be married at 18 and still be married 30 years later I think that's a virtual marriage coach who really knows what she's doing. And there probably isn't a barrier or question that she hasn't experienced herself, which to me, she couldn't bring any more authenticity to her practice. So I want to thank you for tuning in to the Change Book Radio Show. This is Deb Crow, and I will be back here with you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Live. I may be doing this from Toronto if logistics all work out. 
So thanks again for tuning in and have a great week.